Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning, this is Phil Evans joining you for another Dirt Radio on 3CR. Um, We are broadcasting live from the land of the Wurundjeri people in the Kulin Nation where sovereignty was never ceded. Uh, So we pay our respects to Elders past and present. As we come to you for another show today uh, to talk about all things activism, of course Dirt Radio is Friends of the Earth show on 3CR where we dig deep into what's going on around in the Friends of the Earth community and the wider grassroots network. We often focus local here on Dirt Radio, so today, let's go global. Friends of the Earth is an international federation of groups found in over 70 countries, and two of those member groups in Nigeria and the Netherlands teamed up over 13 years ago to take on the multinational fossil fuel giant Shell in the courts, and guess what? They won. So later in the show, we'll hear an interview with Chima Williams, a lawyer and director of Friends of the Earth Nigeria, recorded on our sister Friends of the Earth radio show, Real World Radio. Um, But first, let's go back a little bit in time, get in the mood a little bit, and listen to a Nigerian psychrock outfit called Ofo the Black Company with a track called Beautiful Daddy. You are listening to 3CR. This is Phil Evans for Dirt Radio. We'll be back soon.
That was Beautiful Daddy by Nigerian psych rock outfit Ofo the Black Company. And you're on 3CR with Phil. This is Dirt Radio, Friends of the Earth show. So for decades, millions of people have been living in the Nigeria, de- the Nigeria Delta. And they've been suffering the consequences of large-scale oil pollution. Every year, 16,000 babies die as a result of the pollution, and life expectancy in the Delta is 10 years less than the rest in Nigeria. In January earlier this year, the Court of Appeals in The Hague ruled in favour of Friends of the Earth Netherlands, Milieu Defensi, and four Nigerians on most points in an oil pollution case that was first brought against Shell in 2008. Shell Nigeria in particular is liable for oil pollution at three locations in the Nigeria Delta, but according to the court, the parent company Royal Dutch Shell also violated its duty of care. Now this is important because it set a precedent to hold transnational companies liable for the violation of people's collective rights. Since their parent companies are usually acquitted of any responsibility or guilt for socio-environmental crimes, this is important because it means that we can start to hold big transnational corporations to account. Um, We also should note that transnational corporations can still also sue states in arbitration courts called Investor State Dispute Settlements, or ISDS courts. So this lawsuit revolved around the pollution from the leaks of shell oil in three villages, which have rendered local people's fields and fish and ponds unusable. The leaked oil was never thoroughly cleaned up, and new oil is still leaking out regularly. Our comrades at Friends of the Earth show Real World Radio caught up with Chima Williams, Executive Director of Environmental Rights Action, Friends of the Earth Nigeria, himself a lawyer with over 13 years experience working on environmental and social justice cases, and we caught up for his response to this historic ruling. My first impression is that of um, joy and happiness when you struggle and you see the fruit of your labor come to materialization at a particular point in time. You can't help but be happy about it. Being the lawyer that started this case from the beginning in Nigeria and having worked together with my colleagues, lawyers from Netherlands, Um, all the lawyers that have been involved in this case from 2008, having worked with all of them till this historic day of the 29th of January 2021, 13 years after the case was begun. I feel highly elated. I, I feel grateful to God who has kept all of us strong, healthy, and um have given us the knowledge, the wisdom to pursue this case. But on the other side of it, I feel terribly bad because I know at least three persons that have been very, very active uh, in this case, working with me from the communities who desired to see uh, the 29th come to pass, but were unable to see that. Two of the the original plaintiffs, Chief Bareza Tetedu, uh, the father to Eric Bareza, and uh, from Goi community, and Mr. Alani Efanga from Oruma community, original claimant in this case. Both of them died in course of this uh, litigation. And recently, is um one of the strong pillars 
of this case from Goe community, that is Mele Tommy S. Tommy, who was originally supposed to have been the co uh, claimant with Chief uh, Barizate Tedu, but uh, for, purpose, for reasons of um, paucity of funds, he had to give the slot to Chief Bariza alone, who continually pushed me, asked me, when is this judgment going to be delivered? Uh, in fact, our last discussion in December 2020, he was uh, talking about reaping the fruit of this uh, case before he joins his ancestors. Unfortunately, the discussion we had was the last we had, and he died in December 2020. And as we speak now, he is not yet buried. His corpse is still in the mortuary. So uh, for that, it is a mixed feeling for me, a feeling of despair because of these eminent persons who did not see the case come to fruition. How are farmers going to be compensated by the corporation? Well, as it is, for now, we don't know what the content of that compensation will be. There is no pronouncement by the court on that. And we did not ask for any compensation terms. Okay, we've not presented any compensation terms before the court. And that is because of the jurisprudential nature of the courts in the Hague, where compensation will only be calculated after the court has made pronouncements for payment of compensation, as it has done now. This judgment has come, and uh, whatever needs to be done is time-bound. Okay, It is not something that will last forever. If Shell wants to, it will stay till the next 10, 20 years before they will decide what to do. A time frame within which Shell must appeal if they want to take up an appeal or must engage the victims, the claimants, to discuss the compensation terms. Otherwise, will be either by a fluction of time or by delay, those rights can be waived off by them, and the court may now have to decide what the compensation terms will be. Janice Amkaldan, one of the lawyers for the Nigerian Farmers and Milieu Defensees, said this case also shows that European companies must behave responsibly abroad. The leaked oil was never thoroughly cleaned up and new oil is still leaking out regularly. So do you think that this can really change after this ruling? The point remains that the regulatory capture that has happened in this country where most of the times those to be regulated are the ones that we dictate to those that should regulate them. It becomes problematic because as it is here, probably because of resource deficiency uh, and the attitude of the companies themselves, regulators cannot do their regulatory assignments without the support of those that they are to regulate. Okay, so this creates a huge problem where, for instance, as in the case of spill, when there is a spill, it is the spilling company that will take responsibility of taking the regulators to spill sites to inspect 
what the situation is. And of course, what results will be expected out of such a situation? The result will be that whatever the company wants is what the regulators will say. This is a very terrible situation. And this is why we have a situation where even when the oils are visible, visible, not you don't even need scientific evidence to show that there is oil here. And the companies will tell you that they have regulatory regulators certification that they have cleaned up the place. Even when everybody knows that nothing of such has so it is the joint venture arrangement that has created this situation. And one thing that with this judgment, which may open the doors, further litigations of this nature, probably the regulators will begin to sit up and the government will begin to sit up and the companies themselves will equally begin to sit up to do the right thing so that their own integrity, both organizational corporate integrity, will be restored back. So immediately, I do not see this case changing the whole attitude of this unwholesome marriage between the regulators, the government, and the oil multinationals. This is where political will on part of government to hold and ensure that both the regulators and the companies who are the operators does the right things at the right time. Every year, 16,000 babies die as a result of the pollution. Life expectancy in the Delta is 10 years less than in the rest of Nigeria. Do you think that this historic ruling could pave the way for more cases against transnational company Shell, such as the one currently taking place in The Hague, which accuses Shell of being one of the main culprits of the global climate crisis? Yes, this is definitely a precedent-setting case for not only cases in the Netherlands, but elsewhere in the world. It is remarkable because a decision of this nature has to come from one jurisdiction to be extrapolated to other jurisdictions. So I see this as a great precedent that can persuade the other judges. Now for Netherlands, by rule of several decisis, since it is a court of appeal decision, it becomes an authority that will be cited in the cases that are coming up uh, from the courts in the, in, in, in the Hague and other parts of Netherlands. Also, Friends of the Earth, together with dozens of organizations, is fighting to build a banking treaty on businesses and human rights. Do you believe that rulings like this one can push for the approval of a fair binding treaty? Yes, uh, because it, it, it is really a boost for the struggle of a binding treaty that will show that it is not only against Shell in the Netherlands that this type of um, judgment can be secured. If there is a binding treaty, as we've been pursuing it, that is well explained and well understood, uh, that brings corporations at that level to be treated because uh, one of the challenges uh, on the binding treaty process is how will the corporations be dealt with? Now, the corporations are not no sovereign entities. They are business entities. So if the understanding is there that this treaty is a unique one, the, that is why it is coming under the Business and Human Rights 
treaty, um, it becomes a very unique uh, one treaty that binds not only countries, but operators in those countries, big companies that are operating that are destructive in their host countries and are safe and doing behaving well in their home countries, okay? Because most of the times, these big companies, they operate in third and developing world worlds where they see that there are weak institutions, regulatory institutions, um, government institutions, uh, and, and again, where they can compromise the situation. Because um, I, I will not agree that it is corruption in those countries because corruption takes two persons to happen. So if the corporations are bribing government officials uh, because they can accept the bribe, it is because the corporations have offered the bribe. Okay, so if the corporations do not offer the bribe, they decide to do the right thing, there will be nobody taking bribe from them. Okay, so um, that it, I, I, I want to situate it on capitalization on weak regulatory mechanisms and political institutions in their host countries to behave, misbehave and do things that ordinarily they will not do in their home countries. Okay, so the point here becomes that if we have a binding treaty at the UN level as is progressively moving towards. This treaty will take care of countries where there are weak institutions to compel the corporations to behave in those weak countries as they behave in the strong countries, knowing that by the provisions of such a binding treaty, they can be held liable at certain levels. If the treaty sells through, it will help cases like this to move easier, more easily, and faster. That was an interview recorded earlier this year by our Friends of the Earth sister program, Real World Radio, talking to Chima Williams, Executive Director of Environmental Rights Action, Friends of the Earth, Nigeria, about a historic court case that found multinational fossil fuel company Shell liable for oil pollution in Nigeria. Also a great story about hearing how local action can feed into real global change, talking about that binding treaty on corporations to hold them to account on human rights and environmental rights issues as well as everyone else is. So about time we flipped that power and started to take down some of the corporate control. We'll be back on Dirt Radio with your host Phil Evans in just a minute. Friends of the Earth Food Co-op is open. 
get fresh produce and support local farmers and keep our grassroots community thriving through these unusual times. Organic veggie boxes and click and collect now available. Visit www.foefood.org slash click collect to place your orders. Or pop in store at 312 Smith Street and see how we're adapting with our new physical distancing layout. Shop organic and buy local. Made easy at Friends of the Earth. A proud 3CR supporter. That's right, you're listening to 3CR. This is Dirt Radio, Friends of the Earth show on 3CR. I already just said that. (laughs) Um, This is Phil Evans. Um, Happy to be back in the studio again after all of last year's madness. Um, But if you are enjoying the show, then don't forget that you can jump onto 3cr.org.au and subscribe. Become a part of keeping Radical Radio on the air. Um, Make sure you select Dirt Radio as the show that you want to subscribe to. Um, Let us know that you're out there listening. Let us know that you're enjoying the show um, and become a subscriber to Radical Radio. Um, There's just a couple of minutes left in the show and I thought I'd let the listeners know about a couple of events coming up. One of them is today, so if you're podcasting this, you might have missed it, um, is a climate justice yarn with Uncle Bill Nicholson, which is happening down at Carlton Gardens today. Um, He's a Wurundjeri elder and he's pretty passionate about sharing his extensive cultural knowledge with the broader community. Um, And he's pretty pretty awesome to have a yarn with as well. So if you are around in the city um, or if you are thinking that you need to take some radical action, why don't you join join Extinction Rebellion down in Carlton Gardens? Um, There's a climate justice yarn today. There's all sorts of huge actions happening around the city. So go get involved in some radical action for climate justice outcomes with Extinction Rebellion all of this week. Uh, And then another event coming up um, is around a militarism conference that is happening up in Brisbane in early June. It's called Land Forces. Basically, it is a bunch of corporations who love to make a killing out of killing people, basically, uh, coming together to talk and sell their wares to each other. But... Luckily, grassroots communities, whether they be feminist, whether they be um, environmental climate action, anti-militarism, First Nations groups, and all sorts of other communities are coming together to disrupt land forces. If that sounds like something that interests you, um, and perhaps you want to do local actions here, or you want to travel up to Brisbane in early June, because the conference is between the 1st and the 3rd of June 2021, There is a public meeting happening at Friends of the Earth Melbourne. That's 302 Smith Street in Collingwood. It's on Tuesday, the 20th of April at 7.30pm. So if disrupting land forces sounds like something that you would like to get involved, bringing down the corporate military industrial estate um, sounds like uh, something I want to get involved in. And I'll probably see you there on Tuesday, the 20th of April for that one. Of course, today we heard um, an interview about uh, legal action to against Shell from uh, Nigerian farmers and Friends of the Earth uh, Netherlands, Milieu Defensie, and um, how that related into more global action for a binding treaty on corporate 
uh, powers as well. Um, we've come to the end of the show. Another Dirt Radio with Phil Evans. Um, glad to have joined you for this morning's show. Uh, please do stick around. Gav is getting ready next door to uh, bring you Billabong Beats. It'll be another great show because it always is. And um, I will be sticking around to listen to that one as well. Of course, if you want to hear the show or you're just tuning in and you would like to hear more about that show case, you can podcast us on 3cr.org.au forward slash dirt radio. And while you're there, don't forget to become a subscriber. All right, let's go out now. Um, what are we going to play? I probably should have thought about it before <laughs> I did that. Uh, let's go out uh, thinking uh, about all those people uh, who um, have been out on the streets for Extinction Rebellion. We'll pay Patty Smith again. It's a favourite here at Dirt Radio. People have the power, all power to everyone out there protesting for climate justice today with Extinction Rebellion. Get amongst it. I'll see you in a week. Grace is